0: Hello, I'm Neil Quigley and welcome to the latest episode of my podcast. It features stories from my past, things that have been happening and stuff I've been up to recently and some weeks I'll play you some of the interviews that I've carried out during my 20 years working in the radio industry. On this week's podcast, find out which TV show I once had an audition for and how I managed to once play a trick on a magician. This week, I'm also going to play you some old interviews. Here, a chat I had with Jason Manford around 10 years ago now. It was actually the last interview he did before he actually made his first television interview appearance on the Jonathan Ross Show. And you'll hear a brief chat I once had with the lovely Mylene Class. That's all on the way to enjoy in this week's podcast. Thanks for listening want to know if you've ever been on a TV show. Maybe it was a quiz show. Maybe you've been on a reality show. Maybe it was a dating show. Now, I must confess, I did once have an audition for a dating show. And it's probably a dating show you've heard of. But when I went for the audition, it was before the first series had ever been shown. So I didn't know exactly what it involved and exactly what it was like. Okay, so it was at a stage in my life where I was applying for a few different things to be on TV shows, to be on game shows, to be on stuff. I was single at the time, so I saw it, you dating shows, so I thought I'd put an application in for a bit of a laugh. It was actually Take Me Out. I got on audition to be on the first series of Take Me Out. I went up to the studios in London. It was already announced at that point that Paddy McGuinness would be presenting it. There was rumours he might be about, so I went to the audition. I had to... I think i had to be video just talking about me telling the few stories etc etc and then we had to play a few games where i had to pick people and say why i didn't want people and it all seemed quite fun all seemed quite good and i'll be honest at the time i was a little bit disappointed that i didn't get on the show i thought oh that would have been fun i'd quite like that and then i saw the show and i've probably never been more relieved in my life that I wasn't on it. That first series was quite embarrassing, you know, the way you come down the chute, you've got like the 30 girls all covered in very thick makeup, staring back at you. You've got to do some sort of uh, skill to show off, and then they'll stitch you up with some sort of video with your family or your friends. And I know my family and friends so well, even if I'd done brilliantly well on that show, the girl had been impressed with my skill and things were looking really good. As soon as they show my video for my friends or family, all of those lights would have gone out and it would have been very embarrassing. No way would I have got a date at Fernando's, I'm telling you. So it was good fun doing the audition, but I'm actually quite pleased I missed out on it. Neil Quigley. Now, I am a big Only Fools and Horses fan. Recently, I've been reading David Jason's new book, Only Fools and Stories, which is brilliant, tells everything about his time in the sitcom he is just brilliant, so good at what he does. A man who lives in Buckinghamshire as well. I've been in the same room as him a couple of times, never got to meet him. I've been there looking longingly and lovingly at him. I think he's a fantastic actor and Del Boy is one of the seminal characters, isn't he? Delboy is just amazing. One of the big scenes from the Only Fools and Horses programme was, of course, that classic moment where David Jason as Del Boy manages to fall through the hatch in the bar. A piece of amazing timing, puts his drink down, looks one way. As he looks the one way, the bar staff walk past and open up the hatch as he goes to lean back on the bar, fall straight through it. Great comedy set piece. You think something like that surely couldn't happen in real life. Well, you are wrong, my friend. Not long after that was on the TV, I witnessed that happen in real life. At a pub in Ellsbury, a pub that was called Big Hand Mose, and before that the Hen and Chickens. I was in there one night. We might have been playing ball or whatever. We were just chilling out, and you know how you like half looking across the room and not really paying attention. So I was looking at this guy at the far end of the bar. He's just having a drink. The bar staff are milling around, and yet he did the exact del boy thing. Put his drink down, looked away. Bar staff nipped through, and as he went to lean on the bar once again he went straight through it luckily he didn't kind of go straight flat like Dalboy did but then again he didn't have a crash mat waiting for him it was that brilliant moment and we've all been in this position when you know you've done something silly and you kind of have that two seconds where you go did anybody see did anybody else see that he looked up rather tentatively and concerned see if he could style it out but sometimes in those situations you just can't style it out so i think he just got up finished his drink and left which is what Dale boy did and i'll be honest what i would do in exactly that same situation my guest then is a comedian a writer a tv presenter and a man who could probably tell you where to get some decent home and car insurance jason manford hello Hello, how are you? I'm very good, how are you? Not too bad at all. There's lots to talk about with your career, but I want to start sort of right at the beginning. How you actually got into comedy and ended up doing your first gig, because if this is true, it's quite, you know, <laughs> almost a romantic story in many ways. I
1: know what you mean, but it's yeah, it is true. I um I used to work in a, in a, in a pub, and it also had a comedy night running, and I sort of used to watch every week. I was only 17, I used to watch every week, and then one night, I mean, it happened a couple of times, but particularly this night, about sort of three or four of the acts hadn't turned up. They were coming up from London and had not made it and uh, the promoter was panicking a bit and I sort of thought, well, I might have a go it. And uh, that was it, I had a go, got up on stage and it sort of went well. And that was, what, ten years ago? So it was uh, from there, really.
0: As with most comedians, you have a love of comedy you sort of grew up admiring comedians and certain types of comedy. So who were you yeah. like, if you like, comedy heroes?
1: Well, for me, I think it was it was always sort of old-fashioned entertainers I think like Les Dawson and Tommy Cooper and, and Markham and & Wise and, and then I, I saw Billy Connolly when I was a kid and just thought he was just amazing I thought this guy's phenomenal and from that really I always had just a, an interest in comedy and then sort of working at a club helped as well you know seeing people like Peter Kay and Johnny Vegas and Steve Coogan and all them they all have a, an influence on you in the end
0: how do you go about writing the material for the stand-up show is it everyday life experiences or do you sort of scour the papers trying to find topical stuff what's your, your sort of writing ethic if you like before you preparing a stand-up tour
1: for me it's um, it, mainly it's everyday observations and my family are very funny and stuff as well so that helps being surrounded by comedians so yeah just gradually you sort of build up an act you're saying it and it's getting laughs you think oh, that's alright I'll keep that
0: from the age of 17 a career sort of it really just take off reasonably quickly it's fair to say you were getting a lot of good attention and one of the few awards on the way where was sort of if you like the climatic moment the big moment where you really arrived the big gig or the big sort of chain of events
1: I suppose it was going up to Edinburgh the Edinburgh Festival in 2005 and I took a show up and I was in this tiny venue sort of 50 seats and I took a show up about Urban Legends, which had always been an area that I'd always been interested in. And then I I just thought, this would make a good show. Went up to Edinburgh and it did well and got nominated for Perrier and stuff. And then from there, really, you sort of become officially funny, I think, when somebody gives you an award or you get nominated for a big award and TV people started coming to see the show and then all of a sudden people said, oh, I think I was a guest on 8 Out of 10 Cats a couple of times and then Dave Spiker decided to leave and I was in. And that was the start, really.
0: Now, I want to talk about 8 out of 10 cats because it does look like a, a lot of fun and a good laugh to film. I take it it is?
1: It's a right laugh, yeah. I mean, sometimes I forget I'm on it, you know, and I'm actually just sat there watching Sean and Jimmy having a laugh and I think, oh, I better take some fun myself here. Imagine just Having the best job in the world, going to work once a week and having a laugh with your pals, that's essentially what it
0: is. You may or may not answer these next two questions. You may answer one and may not answer the other, but here we go. Oh, you get a very wide and varied type of guests on 8 Out of 10 Cats. Oh, yeah. So who's been your favourite guest? Who's been your least favourite?
1: Well, favourite's easy, because, you know, you get big stars on as well you know sometimes you get like Joan Rivers or I mean even like Chris Hoy who'd just come back from the Olympics David Walliams and Johnny Vegas and Vic Reeves all these great stars and then worst is hard really obviously because we want them to come back on but um, probably when we do the Big Brother ones I think get some of the people on from Big Brother who I mean some of them are dead nice are really lovely people
0: Yeah, I've uh, I've had my fair share and uh, the pleasures of meeting uh, the Big Brother. Lot. One thing I met Grace from Big Brother, who was really right. really slated in the house, and, everyone, yeah, and I actually met, I her. met her. She was really nice.
1: I thought she was lovely. Yeah, I mean Charlie from Big Brother we had on last year, who was a bit of a nightmare and bombed off halfway through.
0: Yeah, I've seen... halfway
1: through the show, you know. But I don't know. I mean. Generally, people are pretty good when they come on the show and they have a laugh and they get stuck
0: in. Do you find, in your job, you're probably very well-placed to answer this question, but having a laugh as such, is, is getting harder and harder in this country because every single joke or comment you seem to make down the pub to a mate here, whatever, is completely scrutinised nowadays. So just coming being slightly serious for a second. Do you, do you sort yeah. of feel that? It's It's a really sort of dangerous environment, I think. the Jokes are always becoming, you know, forbidden fruits at the moment in some areas.
1: Yeah, I mean, every so often it's a bit like this you know what I mean even if you you go back you know Lenny Bruce I mean it's not as bad as that where the police are waiting outside the club to arrest you for something you've said so I think every so often the swingometer swings in that direction and and at the moment it's just there it's a bit to the right and uh, hopefully it'll calm down and we can all get on with just having a laugh and people just watching the shows that they want I mean I, I don't really understand why you know at the end of the day I mean I've got Sky or Virgin or one of these things and about 200 channels and obviously only about 20 of them are any good but that's still quite a lot of selection it's not like back in the day with mary whitehouse where there's three channels or whatever and and i thought you had to choose from so i think there's a time and a place for adult humor and swearing and stuff I, I don't swear an awful lot in my set That it's just that's not because i'm censoring myself i just never have i don't swear generally in life so i, I don't do it on stage either so but i, I certainly think as far as freedom of speech is concerned then don't want to watch something? Just turn the telly over, get over
0: it. A joke by definition is a joke, not a serious statement. It's a joke. It's to make people laugh to make people smile. I think
1: so. And, and as far as I mean, I, I I don't really tell any contentious jokes. But as far as swearing is concerned, I think I mean certainly you wouldn't do it on the radio where you know kids could be listening and stuff. And Please you wouldn't no. Do it no. And you, you know and, and 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 but there is a time and a place. I, I occasionally drop one in it if I think well this will make this funnier. You know if this or this will or it's a quote from somewhere else where there was a swear word in it originally or something. But I think if you use it too much, then it loses its meaning and then there's no point saying it. It just becomes a bit gratuitous. And I I sort of agree with that to a certain extent. But at the end of the day, you're watching Jonathan Ross watching Mock the Week or 8 Out of 10 Cats. These are shows on after 10 o'clock. On the telly, and you know there's going to be adult humour involved. If you're a bit sensitive, then don't watch it. I mean, if, they, if if Trevor McDonald started slipping in the odd swear word during the news, then I'd, I'd start getting offended. But
0: I'd watch it more, to be honest. Well, but...
1: same way, so would I. But I could see people's point. You know what I mean? If they were doing it on Garden Force or something. So. Have you ever
0: seen Tommy Walsh when he's his, um fun with a hammer? <laughs> <laughs> I agree with everything you've said there, but the worrying thing now is you don't actually have to see anything or hear anything to be offended by it, it would appear nowadays, but there no, we go. That's not quite right, yeah. Massive Manchester City fan. Yeah, yeah. What do you make of the whole situation there at the moment, and money's no brilliant. object, and brilliant, well, yeah, bring it on. It's
1: one of those things, I think, if it was any other club, I'd be going, terrible for the game, terrible for the game, but when it's your club, you go, brilliant, so I think that's what sort of stage I'm at. It's about time we had a chance to Big Sugar Daddy to help us out.
0: Jason, thank you very much.
1: Lovely.
0: My pleasure, Neil. Neil Quigley. I'm not the greatest driver in the world. I'm not the worst driver in the world. I'm pretty steady. I'm pretty safe. I'm not really a fast driver, which makes it more amazing when at one point I honestly did nearly get the chance to become a rally driver, albeit for the day. I was working at a radio station in Somerset and somehow a local business sponsored a rally car. They did regular grass track racing at a big grass track racetrack, not far from where we were broadcasting from. And somehow one of the companies who advertised with us had their own sponsored grass track racing car. And for a publicity stunt, they thought it would be great to have one of the local rally presenters race in a car. Now, initially it was offered to my boss. He conveniently couldn't make it. Then it was offered to me. And as I said, I don't mind driving. I don't think i'm the greatest driver i'm not the fastest driver but driving on the grass track could be quite good fun you could probably skid a bit you could probably go sideways around corners and it's only grass so surely it can't hurt that much so i was relatively keen i was certainly thinking about it i was certainly considering it but in the end i didn't do it because at the radio station we actually had a travel bike yeah we had a guy on a motorbike who go out and do our travel on breakfast and on the afternoon show as well he was a bit more of a daredevil than me he rode a bike for starters which I would never do so he ended up doing it he did okay actually I think he didn't win but he actually did okay and stayed in one piece I'm actually on reflection quite pleased I didn't because I am very accident prone so chances are if I had have done it I would have done myself and the car some sort of damage for a few years in a row, I was a regular attendee of Truck Fest Southwest, which took place at the Royal Bath and West Showground, which was a brilliant event. I mean, I'm not a massive trucker. I don't really understand the trucking lifestyle, but it was basically a big truck show with truck displays and lots of people trying to sell their trucks. We used to work on the stand of a big truck supplier, so we'd go along there and basically, we'd just have a microphone, we'd wander around, we'd be given a few details about some of the trucks that were on sale, we'd read those out, try and get people and customers involved, we'd have a bit of a laugh, do some quizzes, chat some people as they came in and around the stand, and just had a giggle. But also as part of that, there was always a lot of celebrities flying around Truck Fest, so as part of the deal, at various points during the day and the weekend we were there, The celebrities would come to us and we'd get a chance to interview them, have a chat to them. And I got to see Keith Duffy from Boyzone. He came along one day. Kerry Katona, she was there not long after she won. I'm a celebrity. We also had Kate Ford, Tracy Barlow from Coronation Street. She came along. She was brilliant. And possibly one of my favourite guests was Richard Hammond from Top Gear. He came along and at that time I was... a big fan of top gear used to watch it quite a lot used to find it quite funny quite amusing so i was really looking forward to meeting him and he was fantastic he had been doing some stuff in the main arena and there was a big monster truck there and he was a passenger in the monster truck so i asked him how come he was just a passenger when he did a tv show about cars he'd driven a lot of cars and his answer to me was the eerily worrying now because we always crashed them. I'd have probably crashed it. And this was several years before his nasty accident. Another question I remember asking quite early on in the interview was, surely Jeremy Clarkson, he can't be as annoying as he appears on TV. He seems to be so annoying, has an answer to everything. And Richard Hammond goes, yep, no, that's, that's how he is. How you see him on Top Gear is how Jeremy Clarkson is in real life. That sounds fairly terrifying, but he was a lovely guest. Always do keep an eye out for uh, Richard Hammond, and I'm glad he's okay after that accident and his latest one as well when i think he did his knee he's a bit accident prone which maybe could be a bad move in that job where he drives lots of cars neil quigley singer presenter mylene class a couple of <laughs> questions obviously you were on the jungle why did you get rid of that white bikini
1: because it, it was um eBayed for seven and a half grand for the fairpack charity i figured that they could probably
0: do with the money more than i could do with the bikini done so much in your career as well just out of this quickly pick Clooney, de niro depth which one was your favorite
1: Oh, Johnny Depp, ask any woman, come on.
0: Fair enough. OK, question three, hearsay reunion, any chance of that, do you think? We, <laughs> we did have a giggle about this. We'd have to sing Pure and Simple on loop. You could go for the angle like this Spice Girls so and bring all the kids on as well, so that always works.
1: We'd still have to sing Pure and Simple on loop. It'd be the shortest concert you ever did attend. Fair enough. Three-minute oh. gig with a three-minute encore. All if right. you can spare ten minutes in your life, come see it.
0: Neil Quigley. Getting around London can be a bit awkward sometimes and you know it's one of those things you don't want to carry too much umbrellas are awkward it's awkward wearing coats. One day I remember I was up in London with some mates I think we're just having a day out in London it started as a great sunny day weather was fine no problem at all there then it got wet it suddenly started raining really really heavily and I have no hair now completely. I have very short hair. I shave it. Back then, I didn't have much hair, but I hated getting my hair wet. Don't know why. I just didn't like getting my hair wet. So it started absolutely tipping it down with rain. And in and around London, there are a lot of homeless people. There are a lot of people begging. That's just the way of the world. That is a fact. There is, unfortunately. And I'm not particularly proud of myself for doing this, but I may have had a drink or two beforehand. So we was walking around. It's raining. I don't like the rain on my head. Don't like getting my hair wet. And a homeless person is there doing some begging and I notice he has an umbrella. He asked me for money and I said, well, how much for the umbrella, mate? I gave him a fiver for the umbrella and I took the umbrella off the homeless man. How bad is that? I do feel that's terrible, isn't it? That's really, really bad. Straight away, I kind of regretted it and felt bad until I walked around the corner and saw that they were selling exactly the same umbrellas that I'd just bought for a fiver for pound fifty. If it got any sense, he'd have reinvested the money I gave him and sold it to four more idiots like me and started making an absolute fortune. Our family do like to mess about and play games during our family events. So one we did was to all sit around in a circle. Then in turn, you have to stand up and say three things about yourself. But they have to start with the initial of your name, which is quite a fun game until you realise your name is Neil. And you have to find three words to describe yourself using N my mate who I was with, was talking at the bar to a magician. Yeah, there was a guy there showing him card tricks. I was just watching for a bit and then he turned to me and did a very quick card trick on me, which was very good, very clever, nothing wrong with that. At the end of the card trick, he then also tells me that he's a furniture upholsterer and gives me his business card, which I then put in my back pocket. He then turns back to my mate to do another card trick on him. Then he finishes the card trick with my mate. He's about to leave and go out of the pub, when I call him back over, just to say, after taking it out of my back pocket and showing it to him, is this your card? That's it for this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed my chats with Jason Manford and Mylene Class. And yes, I was almost on the first series of Take Me Out. But thankfully for everyone, I didn't make it in the end, and I wasn't. We can all breathe a huge sigh of relief, I think. If you want to get in contact, you can do via my website, www.neilquigley.co.uk. Thank you once again for listening. Have a great seven days. Have lots of fun. Stay safe and be nice to each other. Cheers.